I'm preaching today. My, my title I like better than the rest of it. And in fact, I took a little bit off. Living on the edge. But I originally had it living on the edge of rage. And in our society today, it just seems like you've experienced probably when somebody, you, or you accidentally cut in front of somebody, or you don't put your blinker on, and, and the, the people behind you, they're like, what's the deal? You know, and so they're raged. And I, I had a, yesterday, my daughter and my wife and I were at Mechanical Gardens, and I was backing up, and I saw a person behind me, and he just kind of lost it. I rolled down my window and said, I'm sorry, sir. Um, I had to be polite because my daughter was with me. I'm still trying, <laughs> trying to be a, an example. But um, it's, it's really something with our society today. Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But first, um, I'm the director emeritus for CFS, no longer the director. Um, and CFS is, is doing well, and uh, Eric's doing a great job. Um, it, it's going well, and, and just... For you, thank you for your support of CFS, and McKnight is such a big supporter. We couldn't do it without you. So thank you for, for all your support and continue praying. Um, like I said, well, Eric's doing a great job, and, and they're in transition you know, from uh, some of the obvious, but also some other things. You know, we, um, a couple of our counselors have left and a couple of, of our uh, social workers, so they're in the midst of trying to hire more counselors, more social workers, uh, and administrators there um, uh, that work in the, in the office. It's, but it's, it's going well. But one thing that we've seen is since COVID, the counseling demand is really, really something. And every counselor has a, uh, a waiting list. And just with with COVID, it kind of, you know, people were pretty much on the threshold as, as much stress as they could handle, just with our culture today. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But then when COVID came on, it just kind of seemed like the, the stress, the anxiety, the depression, it just kind of took us over. And so now there's a lot of people that are trying to go to counseling. So um, it's, it's really something. And it's just kind of be living on the edge of rage or living on the edge where sometimes we feel like I can't take anymore. We're so overwhelmed. Um, you know, just with, first of all, with COVID, um, and I'm so thankful COVID is behind us. And I really hope that it stays behind us. And I know all of us here were affected by COVID in some way or another. Uh, you got the political culture. Need I say more? It's just, it's enough just to kind of drive you crazy with all the stuff going on there. The social injustice issues just, and just all the, the things that are going on with that. Um, we see the rise of crime. You know, if you watch the news, it's just a series of shootings, a series of people being killed, and you'll wonder, what is going on? It, it, it's really, really something. And, um, and one thing I've encouraged many of my clients that I counsel is to just stop watching the news or don't watch as much news. I had a a minister called me during COVID. He's, he was just kind of, he was in kind of a panic mode. And uh, I said, are you, are you watching a lot of CNN and Fox News? He said, yeah, I am. He, I said, just stop watching that. Just watch local news and know what's going on. And he called me about three days later. He said, that was really helpful. And just some of the stuff, you know, if, if you can, if you're a news junkie, um, 
it's really hard with all the stuff that's been going on. And so it's just, so all that stuff going on. And then you hear what, what um, uh, Kirk read, where Jesus says, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And, and sometimes we read that and we're like, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. Come on, bring it on, bring, bring it on. I want to relax. And so that's, that's what Jesus has promised us. And how do we get there? Um, it was about 2003. My family were, went to Colorado in March. It was spring break. We went to Leadville, Colorado. And if you've ever been to Leadville, you know that it is a city on top of a mountain. It's the highest elevation of any city in the, in the States. It's at 10,400 and something feet. No, yeah, that's right. And it's, it's way up there. So we were going there on a family vacation. We were gonna do some skiing. And we had a minivan, but I really didn't trust it. It, it was one of those in-town cars. You know, it was one of those that, you know what I'm talking about. You don't trust them going out of town. So my mom and dad had a newer minivan, and so we used it. We, took it with us, and um, as we got started, the check engine light came on. And you've probably had that, in fact, Susan and I, Christmas Eve of this past year, we were the meltdown with Southwest, and we had decided we were going out to Colorado to visit our son. Our daughter was already there, and so this was right at the beginning of the meltdown, and we are like, well, if, if we get canceled, we're, gonna, we're just going to come home, get in a truck, and start driving. Well, that's what happened. So about Columbia, we had the check engine light come on again. So I've had some experiences with check engine lights in some very untimely times. That, and so Christmas Eve, we found somebody to fix our truck, and uh, it cost a lot more than what I wanted it to, but then we got back on the road, that was fine. But in 2003, when we were in Colorado, uh, the check engine light came on, and I called my dad, and uh, I said, Dad, the check engine light has been on. He's like, Ah, uh, it was on for me, and I, he said, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. <laughs> I said, and my dad knew a lot about, I and mean, in the World War II, he was an airplane mechanic, he knew a lot about everything. I was like, okay, if dad says it's okay, it's okay, so we keep going out to Colorado, and it's starting to uh, run a little bad. So then we get to Leadville, so here I am on top of the mountain with my family, and it's, it just dies. So I pull over, it was pretty rough, and next to a mechanic's place, and I turn it off, and it starts smoking, oil starts coming down, it was awful. And probably one of the most helpless times I've ever been in as a dad and as a husband. And I remember, and so then we, the mechanic comes out, and he looks at it, and he says, yeah, looks like you may have thrown a rod. And I know enough about engines to know that that's not good. And so, uh, a long story short, Terry Bartlow was a guy that many of who's done Rocky Mountain Discipleship Camp. He lived three hours north of us. He was a youth minister up there, but his dad lived 30 minutes south. And so, we worked it out where we went down, and uh, he, uh, Terry's dad had a little dolly on the back of his truck, and we came up, put it on there. We took it up to um, Fort Collins, his nephew was a mechanic. 
we left it there. I brought Terry's down, and so we ended up, it ended up not ruining our whole vacation, and we, it got all worked out. But I wish I would have looked at that check engine light and took, taken it seriously, and it probably wouldn't have gotten to that point. So many times in our life, our check engine light comes on, and we ignore it, and we don't take care of things. Um, you know, just, um, and just the, the need for, for self-care, I think, is greater now than ever before. And, and first of all, let me say, self-care is not selfish. Self-care is, I think, what God calls us to do. And so many times our check engine light will come on, uh, times when um, just some physical and emotional exhaustion, and I know that happens a lot, but you know yourself. If sometimes if it, a little more, we've got to really look at ourselves and try to do some things to take care of ourselves. We can't ignore that. Um, you know, just some cynicism, some ineffectiveness, and, and then sometimes that uh, leads us to internalize things, and that's when it's bad where there's, you know, ju- we just demoralize ourselves. We just always talk bad about ourselves. You know, we're exhausted and we need some things. We um, depersonalization, like, oh, I'm not a person and I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. Or detachment, distancing, we feel defeated all the time. Those are some things that happen. And, and um, physical things will happen. High blood pressure weight gain, stomach issues, or emotional things, stress, irritability, or um, things like um, your anger, you you get ramped up really easily, uh, more than before. Let me just say, sometimes our spouse knows it quicker than we do. I'll just put that out there. um, But those things will happen, uh, and then spiritually, we we just feel more and more of a disappointment with God, or we, um, unrepentant sin, or addictions come up, some things like that spiritually, and then relationally, you know, we just are constantly having misunderstandings with our spouse or others that we're in relationship with, or with our kids, or with family, constant miscommunication. Um, Now, miscommunication is just a part of life, it's part of our marriage, um, and it's just, but when it happens more and more, and then you get more and more frustrated because of that miscommunication, um, unresolved conflicts, you know, all those types of things, when, when those keep happening more and more, it's, it's our check engine light that we need to look at ourselves, look at our spirit, look at our souls, and we need to, to do some things to take care of those things. Now, Go to the, the next slide here. This is um, Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. It's a great book. I read it in 1987, then he, re, um, he revised it and came out and saw our, our Bible study group before COVID read through it. Just a great book. And, and I, I read this quote, and I was like, wow. And it says, uh, it was written by E. Stanley Jones, who was a famous missionary, um, a theologian. He said, I know that there are certain mental, emotional, moral and spiritual attitudes that are anti-health. And he, he, then he lists some here, which he calls them the 12 apostles of ill health. He says, anger, resentments, fear, worry, desire to dominate, self-preoccupa- self-preoccupation, guilts, 
sexual impurity, jealousy, a lack of creative activity, inferiorities, and a lack of love. And so those are just how he put it, E. Stanley Jones put it. When, when those things are happening more, I would say we've got a, that's our check engine light coming on, and we've got to do some things about that. Um, and if you look in the Bible, there are many examples of, of just some, doing some self-care. The first one, God. You know, you know when, when God created the world, he created it in six days, and then on the, on the seventh day, it says that in six days the Lord made heavens and earth, but on the seventh day, he seized from labor and was refreshed. And it's interesting that the Hebrew word there, translation uh, suggests that he refreshed himself. And so here was God. He, on the, on the last, on the seventh day, he refreshed himself. What he did, I have no idea, and I'm not even going to go into that. But one question as we look at taking care of ourselves, and one thing, many times I'll ask my clients, what are some things you enjoy doing? What are some things that refresh you? And I would encourage you as you look at different things, finding some of those things and, and, and doing some of those things. For me, during COVID, um, I, I kind of made a couple things for my kids. I was out doing in the woodworking shop. And, and this was in, in, the, in the peak of COVID when we were around nobody but those that we lived with. And I told Susan, I said, man, this is the best therapy for me. I, I made a table for my daughter and did a couple other things. And it was just, that was something that I just, that's refreshing for me. Um, so I would say, find some things that are refreshing. That's what God did. Another example is uh, Moses. Um, in in uh, Exodus chapter 18, in fact, and as I read, I'll read from Exodus chapter 18. It was really fascinating, and you had, <laughs> you had Jethro who is Moses' father-in-law. Well, it's interesting at the beginning of what, before what I read here, Jethro, the father-in-law, is with his daughter and grandkids, and they're, they're together for a while, and Moses is up taking care of the Israelites. And it's, it's not in here, but I wonder, Jethro, his grandkids are driving him crazy, like, where is their father? And the father is Moses, and he's off doing you know, saving the world. And so in, in, in Exodus chapter 18, starting at verse 12, I think it is, let's see. Yeah, in verse 13, I can't read that small print, so I'm going to read it from here. The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening. And Moses answered, because the people come to, to me to see God's will, seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourself out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God, 
and bring their disputes to him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So basically, Jethro told him, he said, you need to delegate some of this stuff out. And I say this, when I walked in today, this morning, kind of early, there was Chris Borth fixing coffee. I told Chris, I said, man, you need to listen to Moses' father-in-law. She had this wedding last night. And then she, and I said, what are you doing here so early? She said, well, I forgot to ask somebody to do the coffee. And so, so I, this is for you, wherever you are, Chris Borth. Um, she's in nursery. Oh, boy. <laughs> somebody needs to help Chris Borth this week. Somebody, please. But again, self-care. You know, Moses was doing too much. He needed to delegate some things out. And so it took his father-in-law to tell him that. Third person, uh, and the first, third example is, is Joseph. You know, and, and this is one, in fact, I think I would add Paul to this one. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, uh, Joseph, you know the story of Joseph. He was betrayed by his siblings. They were jealous of him. They took him and sold him into slavery. And then then he, he ended up being uh, with Potiphar and, and just up. He, whatever he did, he did well and with integrity so that he rose to the top. And he was uh, over everything in the kingdom. But then and, and he was accused of things, wrongly accused, would go to prison, came back out. And even when he was in prison, he rose to the top. And, and so he was, if you remember the story of Potiphar, she... She saw Joseph and really, you know, was, uh, made some sexual advances to him. He, he did not take them, so he ran away. And so she accused him of sexually assaulting her, so, he, you know, Potiphar had to put him in jail. So all these things, he's in jail. And I would be miserable being falsely accused and being in jail. But something with Joseph was unusual. He, he went to jail, and, and he took care of himself. I don't know what he did, but he was able to see, you know, the butler and the, um, the baker, and they, he saw them, and they were, they were sad. And, and so I don't know what it was, but then in, in verse 6 and 7, Joseph saw the king's servants, and they were dejected, and how and they were emotionally and spiritually, how he was able to emotionally and spiritually able to say to them, why are your faces so sad today? And so he was able to minister to them because he took care of himself. And then I would add to this probably Paul. You know, and Paul was put in prison several times for his faith. And we'll read in a little bit. You know, just one of the things Paul said is, just rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. How was Paul able to, to have that kind of spirit? Because... He took care of himself, and his relationship with God was utmost of importance. Then let's go to my, my last example would, would be Jesus. And so Jesus, you know, in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, uh, and you've heard this one before, it said, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, 
left the house and went off to a solitary place to where he prayed. And this is, I think, the, the best example for us as far as how to take care of ourselves, and that's really cultivating and enriching your relationship with God. Spending time in prayer, spending time in the Word, are just critical for us to take care of our souls, to take care of ourselves. And even going on in Mark chapter 6, Jesus had just sent out the disciples, and um, in verse 30, it talks about, uh, he said, the disciples returned and they were mobbed by requests. You know, they were hearing, you know, they, they were healing people and so people were coming and they were being mobbed. So what does Jesus do? He realizes his 12 are drained. And so what he does is he says, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and rest. And so Jesus knew that the disciples, um, they probably didn't want to rest. They were kind of enjoying this you know, what they were getting out of this being able to go and heal people and the popularity there, but he realized that they could not give what they didn't have to give. Such a, such a lesson for each of us is we've got to take care of ourselves. If our bucket is empty, there's not much there we can give to other people. Um, so we see God, we see Jesus, we see Joseph, we see, uh, and whatever the other one was I just mentioned, um, self-care was important. So I, I would say, what can we do? I'm going to give you four points here, and we'll call it a day. Um, the first thing I would say is, as we take care of ourselves, really nurture safe relationships. And safe relationships are with people that you can trust that you can, when you're down, you can go to them and they can just be there and be present with you. And they're not going, you can let yourself down totally and they're okay with that. That's a safe relationship. And, and even looking at the life of Jesus, you know, he had his 12 disciples that he surrounded himself with, but he also had three, Peter, James, and John, were those that it, it appears they were his closest, those that he felt safest with. When he was about to be crucified, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Who'd he go with? Peter, James, and John. With the transfiguration that Jeff preached out about a month ago. Who is he with? Peter, James, and John. So it's really important for us to have those safe relationships and people that we can just be comfortable with and be there and we can just mope. And they're there to encourage us, to be there with us. That really helps uh, resiliency in, in each of our spirits when we can have safe relationships. And um, it, it's, it's just important that we have those. In Navy SEALs, they are trained. And um, I got a brother-in-law Navy was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam War before they called them Navy SEALs. And just some of the stories he would tell. But one of the things that he said is they train you that you have to rely on each other, and that will get you through the toughest times. And that's the way it should be with us. In the church, you know, all the one another passages that are talked about in the Gospels. And when Jesus says, people will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. That's so important. It's so important to have safe relationships. And in our church, to be able to come to 
brothers and sisters in Christ and say, man, I'm struggling to be able to talk about the sin that we may be involved in. It's so, so very important. And one thing I would add to that, sometimes we need to avoid toxic people. You know, we're going to have toxic people in our lives. They're, they're going to, but you know where you are emotionally, spiritually. Sometimes we just have to avoid them just to be able to renew our spirit. Again, you, you can't ignore them, but sometimes it's best just to, to avoid them and, and be around those safe relationships. Second thing, pursue joy and gratitude. One thing, it's so a good thing to do is to, to put together a gratitude journal. Just get a, a little book and just write down things you're thankful for. Many, I've got several people that I know that they wake up in the morning, they'll write down three things they're thankful for that day. That can really change our spirit. And, and just pursuing joy, pursuing gratitude. Um, in Nehemiah chapter 8, I'll turn to it. Try to. Yeah, chapter 8, starting in verse 10. Uh, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. So he's talking to, you know, they're building the walls um, of Jerusalem. And it's a pretty tough situation they're in. In fact, at one point in Nehemiah, he says that the, those that are working on the walls, in, in one arm, they're, they're lifting rocks, they're building. On the, other, on the other hand, they have a sword. It's just, it was pretty intense there. And so he tells them, he says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to the Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And sometimes we just need to just dwell with the Lord and let him and the joy we have in him give us strength. And in, I mentioned before, you know, in uh, Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And it's, you know, that Paul's the one that's saying this. He's a guy that's been in prison. He's saying, you know, just rejoice because we're in the Lord. We're in the Lord. And in 1 Thessalonians... Um, he says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks to the Lord, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, and it's, I, I, the word pursue is very important. We just can't, many times we just can't have gratitude and just can't have joy. We've got to pursue it. And, and that's what God wants us to do. And just, and first, just understanding that we're, we're in the Lord. And we, we have joy, and the difference between joy and happiness, joy, happiness depends on the circumstances. Joy is independent of the circumstances. I have a, a lady that I've counseled. I counseled her and her husband for several years, and her husband died recently. And I met with her again, and she used a term that I just really, really, um, it really hit me. She said she is... In grief with gratitude. And that was just such a powerful statement to me. That, you know, she was grieving the loss of her husband, but she was very grateful 
for the relationship she had with him and just all the, the great things that, that they had together. And that has really helped her to get through this. And so she is pursuing gratitude. So second thing in taking care of ourselves in a godly way is just pursue joy and pursue gratitude. Third thing, go out and serve someone. That is something that is so helpful. There was a guy named Carl Menninger. In the early 1900s, he was a psychiatrist. This was before a lot of the antidepressant or depression medicines came about. And one of the things that he prescribed to his clients was go out and serve. And he was able to see much of their anxiety or their depression would, would diminish because they were going out and serving people. We look at, at Jesus in, in John chapter 13, you know, Jesus is with his disciples. He knows what's going to be happening very soon. He's going to be crucified. And so he's with them. It's, it's in John 13, if you're familiar, is when he washes his disciples' feet. He says, it was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Loving, having loved his own who were in the world, he would now show the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. So Jesus knew where he was going, knew where he'd come from, and so he served. That's a good example. And in the anxiety that he was feeling, knowing he was going to be crucified, he served. And it's, it's just so important for us just to be able to, uh, to take the focus off of ourself and to serve others. So how do we take care of ourselves in a godly way? Take care of others. That's something I think is, is a very important thing for us. And the last thing, have balance. We've got to have balance in our life. Culture doesn't want us to. And we can, there's so many things in our culture that can raise our stress level, really take us to a point that we don't want to go to. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. It's the, you know, everything from little league sports to trying to um, make it up the ladder professionally. And, uh, and another thing is just being your best. Well, you know, in being your best, you've got to sacrifice something. And being your best at everything isn't all it's cracked up. But we've got to have balance with, with all the things that, that we do. Like I said before, what refreshes you? Take some time to do that. Don't be so busy that you don't do some things that refresh you. Um, another thing, and this is something I, I, I realized with COVID, I was talking to every one of my clients about, is just the... The foundation for self-care is good sleep, good eating, and good um, exercise. Those, those three things are just so critical for us to have balance, to be able to do the, make sure you're doing things, and that's foundational to everything else. Um, and I'd say, in your balance, don't watch so much news, you know. In your balance, don't just spend all your time with the television. Just have some balance in our lives. It's so very important. And, and again, in having balance, make sure in this balance you're spending time in the Word, you're spending time in prayer, 
And then I'll also add just with the safe relations, make sure you're spending time with other fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That's, that's important. It's important for us to do. So how do we take care of ourselves? Well, I think those are some things I hope that you'll think about. And we've got to realize what season of life we're in. And um, some are pretty difficult. When you've got younger kids or you're taking care of your older parents or your health is not good, those are, um, we, we've got to understand what seasons of life we're in and we've got to adapt to those in, in taking care of ourselves. And um, the, the scripture that was very critical, it even got me thinking about doing, having a, talking about a sermon like this it was a Bible study I did with the teens um, at camp. And it's love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we can love ourselves well, it allows us to love our neighbors even better. It allows us to serve God even better and having the strength to do that. When we do what God calls us is to love ourselves. So I'd like to encourage you to, to think about that. Self-care. It's, it's really important. It's not selfish. It can be selfish. But if we're doing it and doing it God's way, he will, you know, he'll bless us. He really will. And I'd like to encourage the, the worship team to come on up and just um, good, godly self-care should bring us closer to God. So thank you very much.